hello, dear ones. Today is Tuesday, April 7th, 2020. Our first book tonight is titled Beautiful, Beautiful Me by Ashley Sarah Hinton. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful me. I love my skin. It's perfect for me. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful us. We are the colors that God made us. From the darkest of darks to the lightest of lights, our colors are perfect and made just right. Your skin is beautiful to me. It looks like hot fudge. What do you see? What does my skin look like to me? I see chocolate chips. That's what I see. Hot fudge on warm chocolate cake. Just like the ones my grandma would bake. Something beautifully perfect and made just for me. I love the beautiful skin that I'm in. Your skin is beautiful to me. It looks like honey. What do you see? What does my skin look like to me? I see drizzles of honey. That's what I see. Peanut butter cups. So smooth and creamy. My perfectly sun-kissed skin. Sweet cornbread. Fresh out the oven. I love the beautiful skin that I'm in. Your skin is beautiful to me. Your freckles look like strawberries. What do you see? What does skin look like to me? Mm, Like the pale moonlight or fresh sweet cream. Strawberry kisses all over my cheeks. White frosting on a fresh sweet treat. My skin is perfect for me. I love the beautiful skin that I'm in. Your skin is beautiful to me. It looks like a blend of chocolate and cream. What do you see? What does my skin look like to me? A cup of cocoa mixed with whipped cream. Hot fudge mixed in a cup of warm milk. My mama calls me her sweet blended dream. A perfect complexion made just for me. I love the beautiful skin that I'm in. Your skin is beautiful to me. It looks like sweet mangoes. What do you see? What does my skin look like to me? Banana pudding on a warm summer day. A fresh piece of mango, sweet and ripe. A color of cream in the cold winter nights. I love the beautiful skin that I'm in. Your skin looks beautiful. To me, it does. It looks like vanilla or yummy sweet cream. What do you see? Mm, What does my skin look like to me? Sweet drops of vanilla inside of a cake. Sun bleached peaches all over my face. I love how it turns into the warm summer sky and my eyes reflect a blueberry pie. I love the beautiful skin that I'm in. Your skin is beautiful to me. It looks like my favorite flavor, 
vanilla ice cream. But what do you see? What does my skin look like to me? Hmm. The beautiful color of yummy cream cheese. Shortbread cookies fresh out the tin. An almond milkshake mixed with sweet nectar. I love the beautiful skin that I'm in. No matter how different we appear to be, we are not defined by the skin that you see. There is beauty in all colors and skin. But what makes us most beautiful is what lies within. The end. And that was beautiful, beautiful me. Our next book tonight is You're Wonderful by Debbie Clement. I think you're wonderful. I think you're marvelous. I think you're beautiful and magical and filled with curiosity and dreams. You think I'm wonderful? You think I'm marvelous? You think I'm beautiful and magical? And filled with curiosity and dreams? You're right. I'm wonderful. You're right. I'm marvelous. You're right. I'm beautiful and magical. And filled with curiosity and dreams. And I think you're wonderful. I think you're marvelous. You're right. I'm wonderful. And you're right. I'm marvelous. You're right, I'm beautiful and magical and filled with curiosity and dreams. That means we're wonderful. That means we're marvelous. That means we're beautiful and magical and filled with curiosity and dreams. Filled with curiosity, you and me. Oh yeah. We are wonderful, marvelous, beautiful, magical, filled with curiosity and dreams. And that book was You're Wonderful. Our last story tonight is called A Fable. Can you say fable? And a fable is a story that has a meaning. And so at the end of the story, we'll talk about, or at least I'll share with you what it means, but it's always a story with a hidden message inside. And tonight we'll be reading The Fox and the Stork. I sometimes traveled with King Croesus himself to visit many of the kingdoms that make up my beloved Greece. It was the perfect opportunity to see how people lived from the mighty kings on their thrones to the poorest workmen and slaves in their master workshops. I remember one king did not treat Croesus with the respect that he deserved. The food was tasteless and mediocre. The beds in the guest chambers were lumpy. And I shall not even mention the awfulness of the wine. Croesus was so annoyed that he threatened to leave the palace. 
Indeed, he threatened to have it pulled down stone by stone. But we were there to sign an important treaty, so I begged Croesus to keep his peace. On the way back home, he fumed. I shall not get my revenge on that tight-fisted king. Oh, the shame of being humiliated in front of other kings. The shame is on the tight-fisted king, your majesty, I said. He shall go down in history as an ignorant fool whose manners outraged the great Croesus. I shall invite him to my palace next year, Croesus spat. Then let us see how he, how he likes eating the stale fish. Ah, oh, it is not worth the trouble. <sighs> Your Majesty, once a fool, always a fool. Besides, where will this desire for pretty revenge lead? I will tell you one of my fables as we travel. It is called The Fox and the Stork. In the farmland outside Delphi lived a young fox. He was the farmer's biggest enemy, for he preyed on their ducks and broke into their hen houses. Early one morning, the fox heard a cart trundling along the road. He peeped through the underground and spied a farmer and his wife on their way to the market. Knowing that their house would be empty, the fox hurried there only to find that the farmer had pinned the geese in with the hens and his wife had locked the hen house door. The fox was leaving when he noticed that an upstairs window was slightly ajar. Quick as a flash, he scampered up a nearby vine and squeezed in through the open window. A delicious smell filled his nostrils and he hurried down to the kitchen. What a feast! met his eyes. Fresh sausages hung from big hooks in the ceiling. Ripe cheeses, each one as big as the wheel of the cart, were piled in a corner. There were jars of olives and bottles of wine and baskets of gleaming nuts just waiting to be shelled. The fox had hardly started to dig in when he heard someone coming down the path. Was it the farmer's friend? Or a neighbor who was keeping an eye on the palace. Oh, the fox had no intention of finding out. He grabbed all that he could carry, and there were sausages and cheese and olives, and he made a hasty retreat out of the upstairs window. Back home on the edge of the farmland, he began cooking a delicious meal. He stoked the fire and boiled the water. He chopped up the meat and the cheese and popped them in the pot with the olives. Soon a delicious smell filled his home. The fox sat on his doorstep, enjoying the breeze while waiting for the food to cook. What a delicious smell, said the deer, who lived next door to the fox. She just came out of her house with the stork, a big bird who had a home in reeds nearby. It's making my tummy rumble with hunger, exclaimed the stork. Is it your cooking we can smell, fox? It is, said the fox proudly. I never smelled anything so scrumptious in all my life, said the deer. Why don't you come in and have some, 
said the fox. It'll be ready soon. Ah, I can't stay, said the deer, who had been invited to lunch somewhere else. But perhaps Stork will. The stork smiled timidly. If, if I'm not imposing, the fox didn't really want to share his lunch with the stork. He'd only invited the deer because he owed her a favor. But now he was trapped. Because if he turned the stork away, the deer was sure to think that he was mean and ungracious. It would be a pleasure to have you, said the fox to the stork. Please, come in. The stork helped the fox set the table. By now, the smell of the stew was making her mouth water. The fox ladled it out onto big, flat plates. Humming with pleasure when he saw how the sausages had burst their skins and the cheese had gone nicely, softly, and gooey. What a feast the fox had. His big tongue lapped up every morsel of that stew. But the poor stork hardly ate a thing. However hard she tried, she could only dip the tip of her beak in the food. And her tongue could not reach any of that delicious meat. The cruel fox had chosen the shallow plates on purpose. He knew that the stork could not eat off them. I see you haven't touched your food, he smirked as he licked his plate clean. Perhaps it was not good enough? Oh, oh, on the contrary, said the stork, trying to hide her disappointment. It was quite a feast. You must come to my house tomorrow. I'll repay you with a fine dinner of my own. I'd be delighted, said the fox, who'd heard that the stork was an accomplished cook herself. So the next day at sunset, the fox knocked on the stork's door. The aroma of fish and sweet onions was wafting out of the windows. The fox had eaten nothing all day with the intention of stuffing himself at the stork's expense. He could feel his mouth starting to water uncontrollably. Good evening, he called. The stork welcomed him into her home with open wings. Dinner's ready, she said. I hope you're hungry. And she showed the fox to the table where two places had been set. What are we having? asked the fox. Is it a pie, a stew, or a soup? It's a surprise, said the stork. Close your eyes and I'll bring it in. The fox did as he was asked. He heard the stork going to the kitchen and returning. He heard her put something on the table Something that smelled so delicious that he almost fainted at the thought of wolfing it down. You can open your eyes now. The fox did so immediately, but his tongue, ready to start lapping up the food, wasn't moving. And what do you know? The stork had made a stew, but she'd served it in tall, narrow beakers. Dig in before it gets cold, she said pretending not to notice the angry look in the fox's eyes. I've made lots, enough for second helpings. Poor fox. He tried to stick his snout down the beaker. He tried to reach past the narrow neck with his tongue. He even tried to suck the food up. No matter what he did, 
that delicious food remained firmly out of reach. He thought about smashing the beaker on the floor, but he knew that the din would attract the neighbors' attention and he'd be the laughing stock of the farmlands. Thank you for the wonderful meal, he said to the stork, and holding his head up high, he returned home, even hungrier than he'd been when he left. Needless to say, he never played a horrible trick on the stork again, or on anyone for that matter. And that is the end. And the moral of this story is, treat others as you'd like them to treat you. So this evening, and even going into your tomorrow, do your best to be kind, to use nice words like please, thank you, I'm sorry, or excuse me. Those are all very kind words. And usually when you treat others like that or you speak to people like that, they will do the same to you. Thank you for joining me for story time, dear ones. I want you to have great, great sleep and let your imagination soar in your dreams. <laughs>